You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The rich young ruler had not committed adultery, not stolen, not lied, not murdered, not defrauded. And because he hadn't done any of the wrong things, he thought that he was on the up and up. But he was measuring himself with the wrong ruler. He was measuring himself by works and by the law. The rich young ruler was claiming perfection or righteousness, but he was terribly wrong. What makes you right with God? Is it being a good person, giving generously, going to church? What can you do to experience God's blessing? In today's edition of The Simple Truth, Pastor Dion teaches that the rich young ruler had these exact same questions. He desired right standing with God, but wasn't sure how to get it, so he went to Jesus for answers. As you'll hear, Jesus responds that it's grace and faith that make you right with God, not your performance. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 18 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, for... Over three years, Jesus has traveled all around the country of Israel. He's been stopping in towns and villages, teaching and preaching, helping and healing, and inviting people to believe in Him, to follow Him for the past three and a half years. And at this point, Jesus is on His last road trip. Everybody say, last road trip. He's on His last road trip. He's traveling from Israel's northern mountains to Jerusalem because a cross is waiting for him in Jerusalem. But Jesus, knowing the cross is waiting for him, isn't dragging his feet on this last road trip. He isn't slowing his pace. In fact, back in chapter 9 of this Gospel of Luke, Luke said this, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. The word is determined. Everybody said what? Determined. So Jesus has been determined, not slowing his pace, not dragging his feet, but determined. He has been basically gunning it. Everybody said what? Gunning it. Jesus was gunning it because on the other side of the cross in Jerusalem was salvation and relationship with God for every sinner. His love for us compelled him, was motivating him, was pushing him to get to Jerusalem. Now, in this chapter, chapter 18 where we are, Jesus and his disciples are a few miles outside of Jericho. Everybody say the town Jericho. They're about 18 miles outside of Jerusalem now. Just 18. Now, Jericho was an oasis in the desert. There were natural springs, lush gardens, valley pools. Jericho was called the city of palm trees. And only the rich and famous lived in Jericho. People with six-figure yearly incomes. Jericho had gated communities, golf courses, country clubs, and palatial palaces. You know, houses that you'll only see on MTV Cribs. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Jericho had. 
There was no Walmart or family dollar in Jericho at all. Only Prada and Saks and Neiman Marcus and Fifth Avenue. Those were the places that were in Jericho. If Jericho would have had a zip code, it would have been 90210, right? It was a high dollar place. Our character in today's scripture was from Jericho. So Jesus is just a little ways outside of Jericho. And this man that comes to him was young, popular, and loaded. Everybody say loaded. Kind of like 36-year-old Sheikh Hamdan Al-Maktoukoum. This guy's the chairman of the Dubai Executive Council. His net worth is $20 billion. And he kind of looks like me. And that's why I randomly get selected by TWA every time when I'm going to fly. This guy is like this sheik, this rich young ruler. In fact, let's read the passage, chapter 18, verse 18. It says this, Now a certain ruler asked Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Alright, so... Jesus was approached by a man that Luke describes as a rich young ruler. He was probably a resident of Jericho, and he was probably a young priest. And this man had everything a person could want. Popularity, money, and youth. Right? Those two things together, that is awesome, right? Money and youth. You know, they say that money can't buy happiness, but I know of a lot of people who would like a chance to prove that theory, right? I mean, I'd like a chance to prove that because, you know, because I started out with nothing and I still have most of it left. Anyhow, I don't know if this rich young ruler was happy or not, but we're told that he was insecure about something. He was insecure about this. Everybody say it. He was insecure about heaven. Like the story of the four-year-old boy walking with his mom on the beach. They came upon a dead seagull in the sand. And the boy asked his mama, Mama, what, what happened? He died and went to heaven, his mom replied sadly. The boy thought for a minute and then said, And God threw him back? That was the feeling of the rich young ruler. Even though the rich young ruler grew up in church, lived morally, and sacrificed faithfully, he still had a nagging suspicion that he might be rejected, that he might be thrown back. So he came to Jesus and asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to secure heaven? What must I do to secure it? Now, most people are indifferent to salvation and eternity. They think about it as often as they think about the spare tire in their car. But this guy has a sincere concern. Obviously, he's been pondering and thinking about this. Thinking about heaven and, and how do I know I have security? A security of heaven. 
Well, guys, the Bible says that God's Word is a mirror and that it reveals our current spiritual condition. And so Jesus picked up the mirror of God's Word so the man could see what he was lacking. This is what Jesus tells him. Uses the Word of God. And so Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is, God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. So Jesus used the Scriptures to show the man what he should look like. Look at your neighbor and say what you should look like. Here's a man who says, how can I secure heaven? How can I have security in the fact that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven? Jesus used the Scriptures to show the man what he should look like. I mean, the Scriptures are like the body mass index, the BMI chart at the doctor's office. You know, I hate that chart. But it tells you what you should weigh based on your height. I think most of you hate that thing too. I mean, it can be distressing. Kind of like the man that's standing on the bathroom scale and he's sucking in his gut and his wife walks in and says, I don't think that's going to help, honey. And he said, sure it will. How else can I see the numbers? Look at your neighbor and say, suck it in. Look at him and say, suck it in. See, the rich young ruler thought he was on the level that he didn't need to suck anything in. You know, there are a lot of people who keep a list of religious rules, follow a strict order of ceremonies and rituals. People who try to get good and be good. But Jesus said, on your own, you can never get good enough. On your own, you can never get good enough. Still one thing lacks, Jesus said. Back, let's continue reading. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. So here's this man, insecure about his eternity. He comes to Jesus to try to get some kind of security. What must I do to be saved? Jesus says, you can't do anything because you're not good enough. Although this man thought, you know, Jesus showed him the Word of God and what he should look like. And he said, all that I have kept from my youth. I've not done any of that stuff. I've kept the Ten Commandments. I don't have anything to suck in. And Jesus said, well, then one thing you lack. The rich young ruler had not committed adultery, not stolen, not lied, not murdered, not defrauded. And because he hadn't done any of the wrong things, he thought that he was on the up and up. But he was measuring himself with the wrong ruler. He was measuring himself by works and by the law. The rich young ruler was claiming perfection or righteousness, but he was terribly wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, terribly wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, shame, shame. 
See, this rich young ruler needed to trust Christ for his salvation and a ticket to heaven. Jesus had emphasized this before. John chapter 14 and verse 6, read it out loud with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, everybody say it, well, how many? No one comes to the Father except through me. And the Apostle Paul explained this to the Galatians. Galatians 2.16, read it with me. Yet we know that a person is made right with God, not by following the law, but by trusting in Jesus Christ. Say that again. But by trusting in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we might be made right with God because we trusted in Christ. It's not because we followed the law, because no one can be made right with God by following the law. It's by trusting Christ. Say it again, what? Trusting Christ. So when this guy comes and, and Jesus says, well, you got to have kept the commandments. That's the first order of business. He says, all of those I've kept from my youth. I don't have anything to suck in. And then so Jesus says, hey, well, listen, you're measuring yourself by the wrong standard. Jesus could have screamed at him like a Pentecostal preacher and slammed this guy with guilt and condemnation for pleading not guilty, because that's what the guy was saying, not guilty, I haven't, I haven't done anything like wrong ever. But instead, Jesus looked at him with love and compassion and revealed the man's heart problem another way. Everybody say another way. You know, sometimes the Lord will try to reveal His Word to us in hopes that we'll see the reflection of ourselves and make the adjustment, but sometimes we're just a little blind. Sometimes we're just not that sharp. Sometimes we don't want to see it. And so Jesus tends to bring it to us in a different way. Look at your neighbor and say, a different way. So Jesus reveals this guy's heart problem another way. Jesus said, one thing you lack. Say it out loud. One thing you lack. Can you imagine that one thing? I, I'm pretty sure you and I have got 5, 7, 10, 12, 13 things, huh? But this guy, one thing. He said, go sell all that you have, give the money to the poor, and come and follow me. See, the Lord was trying to get this man to realize when he showed him the scriptures that what he was doing is, is he had covetousness. He had greed in his life. He was holding on to his riches and hoping that that was going to be enough because by the consensus of that particular culture, being wealthy was um, kind of an, uh, an evidence, so to speak, that you were blessed of God and you were right with God. So Jesus is trying to show him that, well, have you kept the Ten Commandments? Not ten, but the last six. Have you kept the last six of the commandments? In your relationship towards others? Well, yes, I have kept them all. Hmm, he doesn't get it. And so Jesus gives it to him another way. Has Jesus ever used his missile guidance targeting in your life? You know, when he has to tweak it a little more to give a direct hit when he's targeting us. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus invited this man to take the plunge. He invited him, let go of your kingdom and join mine. Jesus was saying, trust me. Everybody said what? Trust me. That's what he's saying, trust me. Have you ever been invited to take a plunge? 
to get married, buy a home, have a child, change careers, invest your nest egg in a new business. Taking the plunge is risky and scary. The vulnerability makes us nervous and anxious. We like to control our environment. We like to keep ourselves secure. We usually like to trust ourselves. Hmm? Some of you can't even stand somebody driving your car. I don't want to be in the passenger seat. I, I want to drive. The rich young ruler had been managing his life, but he hadn't put his trust in Jesus. There's an incident in the Old Testament that illustrates this perfectly. God gave the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel a vision of a mighty, mighty river. Everybody say river. God told Ezekiel, put on your board shorts and come and jump into the water. Well, Ezekiel jumped in, but he stayed on the shallow end next to the bank. See, he wanted to stand on his own two feet, ankle deep. But then the Lord said, no, come on deeper. And so then he went knee deep. And the Lord said, no, no, come on in deeper. And then he went waist deep. Well, guys, he stayed on the shallow end and he went waist deep. And then Ezekiel said, that's as far as I go, God. God invited Ezekiel to jump in the deep end. Come out here where I am, he was saying. Ezekiel wanted to run and go get his life vest. I'll, I'll get out there, but, 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 but let, me, let me go get my life vest. Let me get my personal raft. Let me go get my redneck flotation device. God had to explain to Ezekiel that salvation and his kingdom are on the deep end and you need to trust him alone. The rich young ruler had probably taken plunges in business, in relationships, material investments. But the most important plunge of all, eternal life. Jesus is saying, so then all you need to do to secure heaven, to secure your life, is let go of your kingdom. It wasn't about the money. It was about how he was holding on to it. How he would only go so far because he was anchored to it. And he's saying, let go of that. And come out into the deep and trust me. This man couldn't do it. The most important plunge of all, eternal life. And this man walked away from it, sorrowful or sad. Everybody say the word, what? Sad. Listen, you can't get into heaven without taking the plunge. You can't get into heaven without complete surrender and dependence on the Lord. You can't get to heaven unless you pull up anchor and trust in Jesus. Jesus even used a popular euphemism or hyperbole to illustrate this point. Jesus said trying to get to heaven by your own goodness or merit is as impossible as getting a camel through the eye of a needle. 
A literal camel and a literal needle. Jesus was using humor. Everybody say humor. Yeah, Jesus liked to use humor. He's talking to him. He says, hey, listen, the thought of you getting into heaven or getting salvation on your own by yourself, huh, that's like, it's, it's an impossibility. It's like getting a camel, which was the biggest animal in that part of the world in Israel, the biggest animal they'd ever seen, and the eye of a needle. In fact, let's read it. Jesus using humor. Here's what he says. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, the man, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God or those who are anchored in something else to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now guys, it's impossible to get the camel through the eye of a needle. But people keep trying. Look at your neighbor and say, I've tried. Just look at him. Ah, people keep trying. Whenever I ask religious people about heaven and how they know they're going to heaven, I hear them trying to squeeze the poor camel through the eye of the needle. I'm a good person. Ah! I go to church. Ah! I pay my tithes. Ah! I try to get along with others. Ooh! I give to charities. Ooh! Poor camel. Everybody say it. Poor camel. Jesus said, you can't twist, turn, squeeze, or manipulate your way into heaven. You can't work, earn, or buy your way in. That's when the disciples thought, well, I mean, if the rich people who are supposed to be, it's supposed to be the evidence of God's blessing on their life, and they're the godliest people, and, and they can't get in, then who can get into heaven? What's my chance here? Huh? That's when the disciples asked, who then can be saved? Who can make it in? Everybody say it out loud. Who can make it in? Like I said, the religious system in that culture was works-based, much like the religion most of us grew up in. Admission to heaven is based on how good you were and how hard you worked. Performance, you know, squeezing that poor camel. Jesus was contradicting the work-based salvation. Salvation, heaven, eternal life, Jesus said, is only possible with God. God makes it possible. It's a matter of grace and faith. Say it out loud. It's a matter of what? Grace and faith. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. 
Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.